T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome in to Vern's Hot Stove. Bobby has 30 steals in his rookie season. Every Thursday night starting at 6, taking you all the way up to opening day at the K. Home run, MJ Melendez. Live from Surprise, Arizona, here's Royals insider Josh Vernier. Yeah, good evening. Week three of Vern's Hot Stove live from Surprise Stadium, where earlier today your boys in blue just continued uh, to dominate the opposition, this time slapping around the team from Great Britain in uh, quite possibly the worst baseball game I've watched in, uh, well, there were some rough ones down the stretch last year, the worst game I've watched out here. Uh, in surprise, but thankfully, Zach Granke made it through unscathed. Jackson Kowar looked as good as he has throughout the Cactus League and the Royals. Uh, 8-1 winners over Great Britain as they continue to march uh, to what's going to be their third Cactus League title in the last five years. They are the opposite of... Uh, those those Bruce Bochy, San Francisco Giants winning every other year. Uh, Bruce Bochy's Giants, of course, winning something that matters. Right now, the Royals in line to win something that is absolutely meaningless. So instead of talking about just how great this offense has been and just how many wins are stacking up for the boys in blue, uh, let's start the show as we do each and every week. And top five storylines from week three of Royal Spring Training. And a quick heads up, coming up in... 20 minutes from now, Chris Bubich joins the show. Uh, in 40 minutes from now, uh, Jose Quas stops by. Bubich trying to earn himself a spot, not, not, not just in the rotation, trying to earn himself a spot on the team. Jose Quas trying to earn himself a spot in the rotation. So a lefty in Bubich, a right-hander in Quas, forthcoming over the next 90 minutes as we lead you up to K-State basketball here on your home for the Wildcats 610 Sports Radio. All right, so top five storylines here three weeks into spring training. Number five is still the the, the new coaching staff. Uh, two two uh, aspects of this coaching staff that have really struck me over the past week. Number one, uh, manager Matt Cotrero. As comfortable in his skin uh, for a first-time big league manager, as comfortable in his skin as any skipper uh, I've been around. Now, Matheny, Yost, uh, you know, Maka, Leland, uh, Ron Renneke, uh, you know, Leland, Ned, Matheny, they had done it before. But normally when uh, uh, a guy gets the opportunity, uh, 
they're in a rush to plant their flag, to set their standard, to let everyone know not only inside that clubhouse but inside the dugout, in the broadcaster's booth and throughout the media workroom. They want everyone to know that it's my team and here are my rules and here's what type of culture I'm creating and here's what type of manager I'm going to be and here's how we're going to play. Q's not doing any of that. And I, and I honestly, I, f- I find that um, impressive uh, to, to be that comfortable in your own skin, to be that comfortable uh, in your first managerial job, something that you've been uh, working for, interviewing for, and positioning yourself for, uh, for half a decade plus, to delegate the way that he does to that pitching staff to Alex Zumalt and the rest of the the brains behind the hitting revolution here in the Royals organization. Uh, Not only uh, does does he show his comfort in his willingness to delegate, but also in his willingness to say, yeah, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. Um, You know, I I use the the quote often, I got it from an Erica Badu song. I don't know if she's citing someone else, but the man that knows something knows that he knows nothing at all. And uh, Q does a great job of, of, of being, uh, you know, humble, sure, um, respectful, no doubt. Um, but the way I think he's going to go about managing this team, communicating with the fans, communicating with the media, uh, I think you're going to love it because he's very uh, pragmatic. He, he's, he's not giving you some long diatribe that, that, that showcases his intelligence, not just baseball intelligence, but, but uh, you know, education. You know, I, I asked him about the lineup and, oh, you know, uh, you know Bobby, MJ, who's going to be leading off? Um, yeah, I, I asked him about his time in Tampa and, and, and how committed are you to uh, none of our guys are going to face a lineup a third time through. Uh, and he answers it in a very uh, anti-baseball way. Meaning, uh, again, th- there isn't some uh, litany of reasons or uh, rule book that he follows. It's, you know, we'll, we'll see when we get there. We'll... Uh, have our best three hitters hitting one, two, three. Uh, we won't let a pitcher go a third time through if there's a better option. You know, for as much as that, that Tampa model, the Cleveland model, it seems as if everything is set in stone. Again, a very pragmatic approach from Matt Cotrero, and I think it is going to be warmly received by Royals fans once you start seeing it on a daily basis in games that matter. But also along with the uh, the head man, uh, along with the manager, I also want to talk about the bench coach. And I alluded to this earlier in the week uh, when, when talking with Fesco in the morning. Uh, bench coach Paul Hoover, uh, great energy. Um, and he's working very closely with uh, the catchers, getting them closer to the plate, helping them steal strikes at a higher clip, improving the framing of this group of catchers currently in camp, most notably Salvador Perez. And I say Paul Hoover's an energy guy. We all know Salvador Perez is one of, if not the greatest energy guy that has ever come through this organization. 
But you can see the, I don't want to call it friction. Let me put it this way. Energy guys don't need an energy guy breathing down their neck. I've told you in the past, if you're out here following along with Royals practice and these games, you would think that Paul Hoover's teaching Salvador Perez a new position. He's got five gold gloves, seven all-star games. They have mutual respect for one another, but the way that the energy, uh, the energy guy Paul Hoover um, is omnipresent, right? His, his voice, um, his eyes are, are, even when you think he's on a different field, he's still peeking over, seeing what Salvi's doing, seeing what Freddie Fermin's doing, watching a Jose Brasenio, how they're um, set up behind the dish, how they're receiving the ball. Uh, bottom line, Salvi had to tell the other energy guy, hey, I, 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 I need some space. You know, you, you can't be on my back 24-7. I've been learning under Pedro Grafal for the past 10-plus years. Um, I know what you want me to do, but I don't need you uh, riding me on a daily basis. And Paul Hoover, Matt Cotrero have enough reverence for the great Salvador Perez that they oblige that even when Hoove maybe wants to immediately go up to Salvador Perez after an inning ends and discuss what went right, what went wrong in that previous half inning, he'll go to the other end of the dugout. It, honestly, it reminds me, and, and, and I may be dating myself, it reminds me a lot of the whole uh, Mike Holmgren-Brett Favre relationship from the early 90s, where they'd get so, uh, I don't know if it's frustrated with one another, where they would just have to separate for a cool five minutes, and then we can come together and talk about how we together improve. So that coaching staff continues to uh, impress with not only the work ethic, but also the humility and the respect that they show to the guys on the team. And as Q told me earlier this week, uh, these guys, uh, 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 Salvador Perez, Zach Greinke, uh, what they've done in this game uh, far outweighs anything we've done in this game. So we need to earn their respect. They already have ours. To me, the fourth biggest storyline has been second base. Michael Massey and Nicky Lopez continuing to battle it out. Uh, Michael Massey uh, defensively has been getting it done. Offensively, I'm going to save you the stats. I'm just going to tell you he's been spraying the ball to all fields. His offseason work was becoming more of an all-fields hitter. Uh, you know, uh, Even though the, 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 the shift is no longer allowed, uh, just like a Kyle Isbell, too many loud outs to the right side of the field. Need to keep that bat in the zone a little bit longer and really starting to see that offseason work pay dividends for Michael Massey. The only issue I have right now with the young man is he doesn't talk like he knows he belongs in the big leagues. Now, he does. In my opinion, he belongs in the big leagues. Uh, he thinks, he talks like a big leaguer. Um, I know that just because I've been around big leaguers now for 12-plus years. Uh, but I don't think he understands that that clubhouse, those big leaguers that he's sharing that clubhouse with, those are his contemporaries. Now, some of it is, yes, a hum, uh, you know, a, a humbleness of, of, of Michael Massey, uh, but some is also that inner monologue, that, that, that negative voice that we all have in our head that doesn't allow you to believe you are as good as you may be, that, that, that imposter syndrome that so many people struggle with. I, I do think that voice is still prevalent inside the mind of Michael Massey, I'm doing what I can to remove that voice. I know Alex Zumwalt is as well. Um, I'm hoping that Massey 
uh, can rid himself of whatever questions he still has about his game, can rid himself of that over the first month of the regular season, really hoping he's able to avoid an early slump because I, I, I do have some concern that that could lead to a spiral. Nicky Lopez, to me, is just the opposite. Now, Nicky Lopez knows that he's a big leaguer. Now, you may disagree, but, but, but Nicky Lopez says, hey, I hit 300 two years ago, and that was not a fluke. That guy is back in 2023. Earlier today, Nicky Lopez, a big two-out, two-run single off a left-hander in extra innings for Team Italy, uh, playing third base, uh, going to play some shortstop for Team Italy. The thing I'm interested in watching with that second base competition is, um, I know the organization wants Michael Massey to win that job. If that does indeed happen, does Nicky Lopez embrace being a bench player? getting two starts a week. Last year, Lopez allowed things outside of his control to affect him on the field. Uh, Arbitration, uh, not enough playing time, maybe disagreements with uh, a teammate or a coach here. Uh, That ultimately carried across those white lines and really sunk his 2022. So I wonder if he's getting intermittent playing time of the course of 162 Uh, does that ultimately lead to his exit in Kansas City, or is he able to embrace that utility role? Uh, Because not not just in Kansas City, but when you have the versatility and the defensive ability of Nicky Lopez, you can stay for a long time, just like a Gerard Dyson. But you got to embrace your role. I'm interested to see if Nicky Lopez will do that. The third biggest storyline here from week three of spring training is that bullpen competition. And to me, it's a competition now for one spot, the final spot. I think it comes down to our uh, upcoming guest and Jose Quas, Carlos Hernandez, Josh Taylor, and Nick Whitgren. Now, maybe other options uh, will... Uh, expose themselves over the following two and a half weeks. Maybe an injury, a Ryan Yarbrough, a Taylor Clark. Maybe their slight setbacks here in spring training open up a roster spot as we inch closer to opening day. But right now it's Yarbrough and Clark are locks to me. Coleman and Chapman, no doubt. Amir Garrett, Josh Stallman, and Scott Barlow uh, leaving one spot in that bullpen. Uh, I think Jose Quas and and Carlos Hernandez are are your two front runners with Josh Taylor and Nick Whitgren. Uh, trying to join the conversation as well. Speaking of competition, the second biggest storyline for me this week at Royal Spring Training was, is the competition for a spot in the rotation. And it's a storyline because I don't know if there is one. I don't know if there is a competition right now. And you can look at that at both a positive and a negative. Positive in that Brad Keller has looked sensational since the start of spring training, impressing Matt Cotrero from day one. Daniel Lynch is getting ahead of hitters and putting him away in a very efficient matter. Uh, Granky Lyle Singer uh, makes a pretty strong starting five. So, so you could say, hey, no competition for the rotation? Oh, that's a great thing. But you could also look at it in a negative light. Chris Bubich, who's going to join us coming up in five minutes, he's just building back up, had some shoulder soreness that slowed his start to spring. Um, but honestly... Uh, the guy's thrown one inning. How can I consider him for the rotation as of now? You know, Jonathan Heasley's had a rough go. Jackson Kowar today had his best outing of the spring. Does, uh, does that performance against a lesser-than group from Great Britain offset what we saw him do against big leaguers? I mean, honestly, Mike Mayers has been this team's sixth-best starting pitcher two and a half weeks in to spring training, which leads us to the top storyline 
you know, I, I talk about Mayers, I talk about Bubich, I talk about Kowar. These guys are going to get opportunities now with the World Baseball Classic arriving. I love it. I love it for both the guys that are taking part in the World Baseball Classic and those that are not taking part. Now, for those that are, Bobby Witts, uh, Brady Singer, this is the first time these guys have been in a big league all-star clubhouse. Right? Same with MJ Melendez on the Puerto Rican team. First time they're playing in big games. Let's be real. Sure, opening day, okay, you know, Dodgers come to town, Yankees come to town. I'm talking about a real big game with big pressure, big viewership, a packed house. MJ, Bobby, Brady, they haven't played in those games. No futures games, no big games at the University of Florida, nothing compares to what they're going to see. No, what Brady and Bobby are going to see coming up on Sunday when Team USA faces Team Mexico at a sold-out Chase Field in downtown Phoenix, Arizona. I mean, how many stories have we heard about players returning from an All-Star game and realizing, oh my God, these fellow All-Stars are my contemporaries. I work the same way Mike Trout does. Man, my, I'm a little bit faster than Trey Turner. Oh, my arm's a little bit stronger than a Mookie Betts. All of a sudden, it's not guys that you collected their baseball cards growing up. It's someone that I'm just as good at, maybe better than. I think Brady Singer's going to come away from World Baseball Classic saying, I'm the best pitcher in this group. I know Adam Wainwright's a future Hall of Famer, but I'm the ace of this staff. You know, that, that mental hurdle, I talk about it with Michael Massey, believing that you are a big leaguer. Bobby, MJ, Brady, and the World Baseball Classic, I believe, come home believing not only am I a big leaguer, they already know that, I'm a stud. I'm an all-star. You know, you see Salvador Perez hit a home run yesterday for Team Venezuela. He just continues to build his Hall of Fame legacy. Vinny Pasquantino, Nicky Lopez, just like a Brady and Bobby, these guys haven't played in real big games, haven't had real big situations in a uh, stadium like that with the pressure being what it is. Furthermore, speaking of Vinny and that Team Italy squad, what I'm really excited to watch with Vinny is watching him continue to ease into that leadership role. He's the guy for Team Italy. He's the three-hitter. He's the mouthpiece. He's the captain, in my opinion. So now when he returns to surprise, all of a sudden he's been the big voice in a clubhouse. I would love for him to, to link up with a Salvador Perez, a Brady Singer, a Zach Rinke, and become that guy in this clubhouse. And then for those Royals that are not taking part in the World Baseball Classic, you know, Nick Prado has a chance to be a game changer for this team this season. He's going to get plenty of ABs. Edward Olivares, man, you got a chance to prove to this coaching staff that you are not the defensive liability that maybe a previous coaching staff thought you were. You can be that dangerous bat and earn an everyday spot in right field. I mean, and then you talk about the, the, the minor league studs from Tyler Gentry and Nick Lofton, guys that are in big league camp, to a Caden Wallace and a Gavin Cross, guys that are not in big league camp, all four of them are getting a chance to impress this coaching staff, this front office, and of course, Royals fans everywhere. Uh, Whit Merrifield did that in the past. Got opportunities in spring training and forced Ned Yost and Dayton Moore and J.J. Picola to remember the name. Michael Massey, Nicky Lopez, Jose Quas, and so many more have taken advantage of those extra reps out here in spring training, and I'm hoping a guy like Gentry or Cross can do something similar. Coming up, we'll talk to the aforementioned Jose Quas, but when we get back, we talk with Royals lefty Chris Bubich on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Vern's Hot Stove. Live from Royals Spring Training, Thursday nights at 6 on your home for Royals baseball. 
610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back, Vern's Hot Stove, live from Surprise Stadium in Surprise, Arizona, site of Royal Spring Training 2023. The boys victorious earlier today, and as promised, joining us now, Royals left-hander Chris Bubich, who made his Cactus League debut back on Monday. And Chris, it it seems to me as if you've made a wide wise decision. You you you, you stay away from from Twitter. It's it's a cesspool. So so I'll tell you this. Uh, during that outing on Monday, Annie Rogers tweeted out that hey, here we go. Chris is throwing that slider a bunch, and the nerds on Twitter were going crazy. Man, I can't tell you how excited people are back in Kansas City that you're unleashing the slider again here in 2023. Yeah, no. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, Vern. And yeah, it it was awesome to get out there for my first outing the other day. Um, and you know, just throw everything. And obviously, the slider is been a topic of conversation um not just this year but obviously in previous years but this year i think um you know with the staff and with myself just having a really good idea of what we want it to look like what the shape uh what we want the shape to look like what we want the velocity of it to look like in relation to the rest of my arsenal so i'm excited to see how it plays out and uh you know i'm going to continue to to keep throwing in the rest of my spring outings and uh, to see how uh hitters react to it yeah how would you describe the 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 confidence you have in it and, and, and how much of a better pitch is it this year compared to last spring? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely something I'm getting really comfortable with uh, right off the bat. I just think, um, you know, last year, um, you know, I'd never thrown a slider in my life and uh, you know, coming in, you know, you see other guys throwing it and maybe you try to replicate that. But sometimes that doesn't always work because, you know, every guy's different. Every guy throws from a different arm slot and, 
can achieve different movement uh, on the on the pitch itself. But I think for me, having a good idea of uh, how it fits into my arsenal and um, you know the the role I want it to have um, you know in my arsenal because last year. Um, and it's kind of been a, a theme for me, even throughout my pitching career, um, you know, struggling against lefties a little bit. And I, and I hope, uh, you know, the, the hope with the sliders that, that combats that a little bit, um, you know, not to say I don't, you know, I don't trust my other stuff, but I think uh, just having the confidence in the slider now and an additional weapon, especially against those lefties uh, will really help me. Yeah. I've heard JJ, I've heard Paul Gibson when asked the question of what's, what's the best pitch. Uh, they all say change up. We know you have that on lock. Uh, it seems to me as if that, that, that sweeping slider seems to be the in vogue pitch right now. Keller implementing it and a few other arms in there. Um, would you agree that that, um, I guess, cutter, slider, one of those two seem to be the most in vogue pitch right now? Yeah, no, I think you're you're spot on with the, the sweeping slider. Um, I know, obviously, Keller's had great success with it so far, and I think it's just been a popular pitch um, that, that guys have picked up around the league, you know, the last year or two. Um, and obviously, you know, I've been known as a, as a change-up guy pretty much my whole career. Uh, but I don't want to say, not that I want to get away from that, but, you know, I want to bring, you know, other options to the table. So I've uh, really worked hard the last year or so, um, really honing in on my, my two breaking balls, the curveball and the slider now, um, to really, I don't want to say reinvent myself, but just, you know, you know, add something to the scattering report that hitters have to worry about, um, you know, sure. maybe surprise them a little bit in terms of, you know, what they're going to face and, uh, you know, just have some more options to go to um, when I'm facing, you know, big league hitters that are quality hitters. And, um, you know, they all go up there with the plan. And if they've seen you before, um, they, you know, they're kind of expecting that same thing. So if I could throw a little wrinkle at them here and there, uh, I'm all for it. Royals lefty Chris Bubich joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. You mentioned the new coaching staff, and uh, you know, so, so many guys have talked about um, feeling heard, uh, more info being available. Uh, have you come across anything, and I know we're early in spring, have you come across anything mm-hmm. that makes you think, boy, that would have been helpful a few years ago? I think so far, um, for me, it hasn't so much been a physical change. I mean, outside of the slider, sure, that's a pitch change. But I think for me, it's more of, uh, you know, trusting your stuff in the zone. I know that gets tossed around a lot. um, But I I think um, having the the aggressive mindset when you're on the hill, working, obviously we've had a big emphasis on first pitch strikes and being in the strike zone. But I think what goes along with that as well is having above average stuff to be able to throw in the strike zone because, let's be honest, if it's below average stuff, you're only going to get away with it so long at the big league level. Um, so I think from there, um, this coaching staff has been great um, in terms of kind of unlocking myself mentally in terms of really having that confidence to, you know, to trust yourself in the zone. And then you'll, you know, if you, let's say you aim down the middle, let's say early in the count, that gives you so much more margin of error to, to work with and uh you could probably see an uptick in stuff as well just because of that margin of error that's increased as well rather than maybe trying to be a little too fine early in the counts or nitpicking and then you, you know you put yourself in a bad spot and then you have to come into a hitter and you know a lot of times often that's when you get beat um, because count leverage is so important in this game so i think the staff has been great um letting us be ourselves um you know making obviously certain recommendations on the pitch types and, and pitch usage. But I think from a mental standpoint, it's uh, that's the number one thing I've noticed so far. 
And you use the word confidence there. I've heard Daniel Lynch use that word as well. As far as the coaching staff instilling uh, confidence, you, you, well, especially you, you don't get to the big leagues as early as you did if you don't have confidence. I mean, one of the first things that impressed me about you was your heart, was your bulldog mentality was, man, unless you come and rip this ball out of my hands, I'm staying out here. I'm going to try to give my team a chance to win. So, so I'm interested in, in how this coaching staff instilled even more uh, confidence in you. Is, is, is it the way that they talk about your pitches, the way that they talk about your future? What is it? I think it's the way we, we just talk about our approach to pitching and our strategy to, to facing each hitter. I think, um, you know, with myself, like you mentioned, like, you know, I've been a confident pitcher um, for the majority of my career. And obviously when you get to the big leagues and you have some ups and downs, sometimes that that'll shake you a little bit. Um, but I think in terms of, you know, having enough quality outings to kind of fall back on, you know, gives me that confidence. But with the staff, I think, like I mentioned, with being able to develop, you know, above average to elite stuff um, is obviously a priority. And then, you know, filling up the zone as much as we can. And, you know, just the emphasis on attacking hitters, you know, it's almost a race to two strikes. I've seen other teams kind of use that mantra before, but uh, just to be so aggressive out there on the mound that, you know, you're at, you're at an 0-2 or 1-2 and count before you can even blink or before the hitter can even blink. And then once you get in those advantage counts, you know, as a pitcher, it's real fun because you can, a lot of times you can, you know, you have multiple options at your disposal and you can really use uh, any one of your weapons uh, to get that hitter out. So I think, um, you know, just that, just that, you know, type of talking, that type of speech, you know, from coach to player when we're throwing bullpens or when we're warming up for games or whatnot, just that is really, you know, freed us mentally and, you know, you know, allows us to really, really attack when we're out there. Yeah. Attack being the key word, not uh, not trying to hit a specific spot, not trying to nibble, just, you know, hey, mm-hmm. it, it goes and, and, and it's gotten a lot of attention. The, you know, catcher setting up right in the middle. But shoot, you got a slider, you got a dirty change up, a nice fastball and a curveball. Yeah. Throw it down the middle, because uh, if the stuff's good enough, uh, the, the contact is likely to be weak. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And I, I think just, yeah, like that's goes back to the stuff argument of developing, like you right. said, just developing multiple pitches that, you know, can play both in the zone and out of the zone. But obviously the priority is to be in the zone early and then obviously you can expand from there. But it's been uh, it's been really fun so far and I'm excited to, to see how it plays out and you know excited for the rest of the year. So when the season, when 2022 comes to an end, uh, I, I mean, you're a smart guy. You're a thinker. You got to be your best self-evaluator. How much time do you spend rehashing last season? How quick do you flush it? Hey, it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't really pitch that well at all last year. Um, obviously, the numbers weren't great. And, uh, you know, I, I, might, I, I would say I'm my own harsh critic um, in that regard. And uh, I think from outing to outing, you know, during the year last year, you know, you kind of focus on things that you can improve upon for the next outing. But I think, I think throughout the, I mean, really just those, maybe, you know, once you end the season and let's say early October, and then you maybe take a couple of weeks just to kind of catch your breath and, you know, maybe get away from the game a little bit. And then once you come back and resume your throwing program, I think from there you really get to focus on, okay, what, what did I do well last year and what can I do better? And from there, you kind of develop a plan. Uh, obviously, you communicate with the coaching staff. And, uh, you know, from there, you just – obviously, you get built up throwing because 
really you can't work on different pitches or you can't work on anything else really un- until you're you know pretty close to to full go in terms of uh, getting your arm ready. Um, but from there, I think it's just a matter of you know you don't want to dwell on the bad ones um, that you had the previous season, um, but to really extract as much good as you can. And like I mentioned with uh, with me and you know facing lefties, that was kind of a big emphasis for me because. You know, I've been about average against righties uh, for most of my career, and you know against lefties. Sure, I don't, I don't may, maybe face as many lefties being uh, being a left-handed pitcher myself. Um, but obviously, when a lefty's in there, I want to get him out and um, not give up, not give up hard hit, not give up, you know, not give up walks against them and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think from there, um, you know, you develop a plan, and then once you throw bullpens and get closer to spring training, you can really kind of see that unfold. And there's a little trial and error. Um, involved in that as well but I think from uh, from the season last year you just try to extract as much positive as you can um, and address the weaknesses obviously as quick as you can when you're in it and and you're trying to extract positives or or, or things that I can improve on for my next outing uh, you know you you got the tunnel vision on what you need to do and then the the team around you you know a, a lot of youth uh, not as many wins as you guys were hoping for last season. Uh, how how difficult is it um, to see the forest through the trees when uh, the the losses are piling up? You're not performing the way that you want, and yet you know there is uh, light at the end of the tunnel. You you know that you and the squad's better than what you're putting on the diamond. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely not easy um, because we're all you know we're all competitive athletes and we all want to win. Um, every time we go out there and put on the uniform. Um, but I think along with that, you know, when, you know, maybe something's not going well or individually not playing well or, you know, team-wise is not playing well, I think that, that always goes back to being a professional and, you know, still showing up to work every day, um, you know, ready to work, ready to be con- as consistent as you can because regardless of, you know, what the box score says or what the what the line score says at the end of the night, um, you know, your job is to, to go in the next day and that's, the, the, you know, it's said a lot, but that's the beauty about this game is that, you know, you're almost playing a game every single night and, uh, you know, you get to turn the page rather quickly. Maybe being a starting pitcher, you got to wait, you know, a couple of days or a week to, to get your next outing in. But I think, um, you know, as we all kind of, you know, get more experience under our belt and, you know, kind of, you know, play at the big league level and, you know, experience the ups and downs of playing in the big leagues, I think, um, we all understand that, you know, being a professional at the end of the day and, uh, you know, a lot of times being a professional showing up to, to work, even when it's tough and you're not winning, I think a lot of times when you kind of stick it out, uh, a lot of times you can find yourself on the winning end, you know, kind of at the at the tail end of that, whether that's, you know, during the same week, during the same month, during the same season, or it could take, you know, another year or two. So I know sometimes the patient for us then, but, you know, at the end of the day we're, we're uh, you know, we're going to the park. We're working every day and trying to be as consistent as possible. Yeah, it's well said. And and your your professionalism, I mentioned the heart, the bulldog mentality. It's been on display since you debuted back in 2020. Uh, really seen it throughout your career in, in Kansas City. Uh, you know, After tough times, uh, that's when you come out of the bullpen and throw six innings of shutout baseball, rejoin the rotation, and carve them up for the next uh, month and a half. I, I'm curious that that, that – and I don't know. I've always called you the that 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 bulldog. Uh, where does that stem from? Where, where do you think you got that trait from? Uh, I've I've probably been that way my whole life. I think it's um, 
probably probably my family. Um, I think, you know, growing up, uh, I'm Croatian. I have a Croatian kind of background, so having that kind of almost immigrant mentality to where, you know, we're pretty blue collar. You kind of just put your head down and work. Um, you know, not worried about the noise, not worried about you know, kind of what 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 else is going on around you. You just kind of you know go to work and you know, and in terms of pitching, you know, I'm I'm going out there and you know, throwing as many pitches as I can. And you know, whether it looks pretty, whether it looks ugly, you know, my job is to always you know keep our team in it give our team a chance to win and when they take the ball from you that's that's the end of your day but until that point i'm going to go out there and and fight as hard as i can for obviously not only myself but the team as well yeah no question chris bubich a a final few minutes here on 610 sports radio never shy away from competition uh so as you look around that clubhouse you know granky and lyles and, and and singer firmly planted in that rotation uh, do, do you play the numbers game, or do, do you see where you fit in on this team? What, what's the mindset right now? I think for right now, I think it's about, um, you know, one, being healthy. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you look around the league, there's already some injuries that flare up early on in camp and whatnot. So I think the number one job is to stay healthy. And then two, uh, just go out there and, and, you know, just go pitch. I think, you know, getting caught up and kind of what role maybe you'll take on the team is, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, we're, we're human beings. So those thoughts do go through your head, but I think at the end of the day, um, I think we find the most success and I find the most success when I'm just concerned on what's in front of me and what's in front of me is, you know, my next day and then my next outing. And I think, you know, once you start to add those up, you know, you kind of look up at the, at the end of spring or at the end of, you know, end of the season um, and kind of see, okay, whether I'm starting, whether I'm relieving, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do whatever the team needs me to do. And, uh, you know, I've had, I've had both uh, experiences so far in the big league. So, um, and, you know, to your question, whatever capacity I end up being in, you know, that's, that's, you know, I'll, I just want to help the team win. And, uh, and that's really as simple as that. And I know that's cliche, but, um, you know, I think just focusing on one day at a time and, you know, kind of letting that stuff play out. And then, uh, you know, Obviously, like I said, just just helping the team win in, in whatever capacity that is. It's a cliche because it's it's true. Um, you know, talk, talking with your 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 manager earlier today, and I opened up the show talking about it. I I I, I can't remember uh, any first year big league manager, really manager period, as comfortable in his own skin as Q appears to be as far as the way that he delegates to the you know pitching coaches and the hitting coaches the way that he doesn't pretend to have all the answers how much are you enjoying that relationship that you two are building i think it's been it's been awesome so far um as you mentioned q's a you know very laid back uh kind of personality and you know kind of fits my personality as well mm-hmm. um and i think from a team perspective i think we have a lot of you know, high IQ baseball players on the team and, you know, guys that are kind of eager and chomping at the bit to, to, you know, prove themselves. And I think just to bring just such a relaxed atmosphere uh, to the clubhouse and on the field has been a, has been a game changer for us so far. Obviously it's still early and, uh, you know, we have a whole season, a whole season in front, in front of us. But um, I think in terms of what Q has brought so far, just the, the calmness, just the, almost that quiet confidence to where, you know, we're going to show up each day, we're going to be ourselves, and we're just going to go play. And whoever's whoever we're playing, whether we're 
you know, whether we're just taking BP today, if you're a hitter or you're throwing a bullpen or, you know, you're playing a, a spring training game or you're playing on opening day, you know, the mindset doesn't change with Q. And I think, uh, you know, he's been great so far bringing that consistent, that consistent, you know, kind of that consistent atmosphere on a daily basis, both in the clubhouse and on the field. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the energy coming from uh, Bove and Sweeney and Paul Hoover, it's, you know, final thing, I I go back to something that uh, J.J. Piccolo said on our midday show in September last season, talking about you and Daniel, saying that you guys are getting to the point in your careers where it's in your hands, you're a big part of their future, and they, 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 they need the both of you to improve. When he said that, I went, wow, he's... I'm not saying hanging them out to dry, but but what is the organization going to do to get the best out of them? And then, of course, they make all these wholesale changes to the coaching staff. And, um, you know, th- there was there was nervousness on my part that uh, that that could be taken in a negative light from you or Daniel. But with the reinvestment this organization has made in the the the, the pitching model uh, within this organization, uh I would imagine, despite those words, you still feel very much supported and very much a part of the future of this team. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, as players, um, you know, we have communications with, you know, our front office is very open. And I think last year, especially, they were very open um, to our comments and, you know, our thoughts and our suggestions on the season and just how our careers have gone. Um, so I think regardless of what's said, I think we're all, you know, we're all on very good terms in terms of, you know, communicating and being, you know, being on the same page with each other. And obviously as players, we really appreciate uh, the efforts and the lengths that they've gone to, um, you know, to make us, to make us, I don't want to say feel comfortable, but to make us, you know, um, you know, feel confident and, you know, what the changes that they've made and that those changes will really bring success to both, you know, us as individuals and, you know, us as a team as well. No doubt. Chris, excited to watch you uh, back on the hill, stretching out a little bit more coming up this weekend. I greatly appreciate your time this Thursday evening, and I'll see you in the clubhouse tomorrow, man. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me on, Vern. Yes, indeed. Chris Bubich, Royals lefty, joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. We'll stay on the mound, uh, but we'll call for the righty. Jose Quas comes out of the bullpen after this. Vern's Hot Stove. If you miss any of the show, you can listen on demand with the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. And hey, welcome back inside Surprise Stadium in Surprise, Arizona. I'm Josh Vernier, 610 Sports Radio's Royals insider. And as promised, joining us now, he was on this Mound in front of me just uh, about an hour and a half, two hours ago. Uh, This dude has faced 16 hitters so far in spring and sent 15 of them back to the dugout. I think it was just uh, a single that he's allowed uh, just just for good measure to give himself like a uh, 0-4-0 batting average against. He's just rolling. The manager's raving about him. He's Jose Quas. Jose, greatly appreciate the time tonight. Thank you very much for stopping by. Of course, of course. Thank you guys for having me. Well, I mentioned Q. Uh, he raves about your your confidence, uh, your your positive attitude in the clubhouse, and of course, uh, your changeup. Now, the the newly implemented changeup, man. How, how would you describe how you're feeling a few weeks into camp? Oh well, I feel great. Uh, yes, the changeup is something that I worked on in the off season. I figured, you know, add a third pitch to help me out with lefties, which I struggled with last year. 
And I wouldn't say is where I want it yet, but it's shown flashes. And I've been working on it all spring. I'm going to throw it as much as I can. So it's ready for the season. That I just got done talking with Chris Bubich about his slider and, you know, uh, Brad Keller about his curveball. We all get excited about these new pitches in spring training. When do you know I'm using this bad boy first chance I get in a regular season game? Uh, what, what, what happens to give you that type of confidence? Well, I mean, the more I throw it now in spring, obviously, you know, we're big on judging off results. For me, it's a few things. So once I feel like, you know, where the numbers are consistent, you know, the spin rate and all the horizontal movement, once I get those numbers consistent, then it it becomes a listen, just throw it in the game. It becomes a, you know, where I'm confident enough to I trust that it's going to move the way I want it to move and just go. I mean, I feel like the less you think about it, the better it is. I don't want to give it too much mind, too much thought process. I just want to get out to the game and, and just throw it and act like I've done it for years. Royals reliever Jose Quas joining us here. And, of course, uh, I, I would I would assume by now uh, most Royals fans know the story. Drafted as an infielder in 15, moved to the mound in 17, played some independent ball, dropped the arm slot, worked with the great Francisco Rodriguez. Uh, pandemic hits, work at FedEx, grind on the side, pitch well in the Winter League in 21, make your big league debut in 22. Uh, and now looks once again like you're going to be a part of this bullpen for 2023. Of of everything that happened last season, you're on TV. You know Joel Goldberg's uh, you know running. You know get, given the whole uh, rundown, and that that's getting a whole bunch of traction on social media. And then of course you know pitching your tail off. Uh, what was the most out of body experience from last season? Oh, uh, what I mean, everything was. Uh... Like, I hear other guys have debuted it of their experiences and how it treated them. And I feel like I'm a true believer in everyone has a unique debut, a unique feeling. Uh, for me, I think the biggest thing was pitching in Yankee Stadium. Uh, we were there. We played Thursday to Sunday, four-game series. And, I mean, in those four days, from what I know, I mean, I had over 300 people there. So that was insane you know i did probably about 12 interviews in that four day span you know and pitching yankee stadium a stadium i grew up going to that was just surreal you know i didn't i didn't really soak it in until after the fact so once the weekend was over that i was able to settle down and really think through like what just happened i mean and it was an unbelievable experience probably one of my biggest moments so far at the big league so far being the key word no doubt so so what about what about your story do you take the most pride in? Oh, the not giving up. You know, perseverance. That's been the big word. You know, with me, it's perseverance. You know, I persevered. I went through tough times, you know, and didn't give up. Uh, I had every reason to give up. You know, when you feel, when you, once you have kids and you just feel like doors are closing on you, which they were on me. Uh, I mean, it's tough to still find that, you know, that rush that you have. You know, when you first get drafted, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep grinding to get to the big leagues. For me, it was harder because, I, like I said, I had two kids already. Uh, I had just got released from the Diamondbacks. I was like, all right, I mean, what now? Like, there's not much more to really look forward to in terms of baseball. Uh, but after pitching in winter ball, you know, great feedback from 
uh, from scouts out there and seeing that I have what it takes within the big leagues, which at that point I was already tired of it. You know, so many people telling me the same thing. Hey, you're going to be in the big leagues. You're going to pitch in the big leagues. But there was nothing like for me to look forward to. Like I didn't see any movement, you know, of me moving towards the big leagues until, you know, the Royals signed me in 2021. And from there on, my mindset was just I was so hungry. I was so, you know, I had already been through it all. I've dealt with so much adversity that I'm like, okay, what do I have to lose? And that's what gives me that confidence on the field where it's like, I've been through so much, you know, I, I don't like to say you deserve, I deserve to be there because it's probably not a great word, but I work my tail off and I belong in the big leagues. And that's what I, you know, I showed some flashes of it last year. I had a decent year my first year and it's only going to get better from here. Yeah. And man, uh, so, so well said. And it reminds me of why I always try to use the word earned, you know, so often. And and there's no doubt you guys all have God given talent, but there are a lot of people with God-given talent that didn't put in the type of work to end up a big leaguer, to, to earn a spot on a big league roster, not just last year, but it looks like once again here in uh, in 2023. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, that, that uh, yeah, yeah, you, you can say you deserve it because you, you put the work in, uh, you refuse to give up, and, and, and not only do you inspire your own kids, but talking with you earlier, uh, man, this off season, uh, you, you were you were happy uh, to share your story because I can I can guarantee you're inspiring others. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, from the DMs to when being back home and you know being stopped at a grocery store, uh, I didn't know the story would go as viral. Yeah. But I'm glad it did. You know, I'm happy that I'm able to inspire others. You know, I've had people that are not in sports you know, tell me, reach out to me and tell me that my story has motivated them to pursue their dreams and whatever it is they're doing. And that's, that's what I want now. Like now that I know it's so viral and it's so inspiring to others, like I want to make sure that I get it out there. I want to make sure that people see my story, you know, and, and motivate them to keep trying to pursue their dreams. Uh, like I said, it's a story of perseverance, it's a story of, you know, going through those tough, those tough times, you know, what do you do? When you're in that, you know, going through that tough time, you know, do you fold and hope for something to change, or do you go make that change happen? And for my story, I I went and made it happen. So when you're talking with, I, I know you went to a, a few either classrooms or schools. Is this in the New York area? Are we talking Kansas City? Where were you sharing your story this off season? It was in the New York area. Um, looking, I spoke to Goldberg. I know where he wants to set up some stuff for me to do in Kansas City. Obviously, I want to get to know the Kansas City fans and, you know, let them hear the story from me, from my mouth, you know? Yeah. yeah the uh, earlier you mentioned, you know, I, I am a big leaguer. And, man, it, it makes me feel great hearing you say that. And there's a few other guys in that clubhouse I would like to say that out loud because, the, I mean, you know, you know better than me, uh, that's a hurdle. You, you can in your mind say, I got big league stuff. I think my stuff's going to work. But until you can convince and prove to yourself that I am a big leaguer, um, you know, I, I was talking earlier about Michael Massey. I, I think this guy's a big leaguer, and yet I, I still think internally he has questions about himself. Bobby Witt Jr., Brady Singer playing on that uh, Team USA. I, I hope they come away going, yeah, not only am I a big leaguer, man, I'm a star. I'm, I'm just as good as these guys that I'm lining up against. Um, was yeah, it a moment? Was it a moment last season that it clicked for you? 
well, for me, it clicked once I signed with the Royals. Mm. Uh, you know, that once I signed with the Royals, I, I'm, you know, my mindset was I'm a big leaguer. And the thing is, I didn't wow. just say it. I believed yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and I, know, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't arrogant. It's not like no one could say, oh, yeah, well, Quaz is arrogant. No, no, no. Like, I, it was an internal thing where I knew I was a big leaguer. Every time I went out, I was on that mound, whether it was a double-A, rookie, but wherever, whatever league it was, I'm a big leaguer. I'm just here until my time comes. But And I feel like that's what helped me when I reached the big leagues. It's like, okay, I'm here. I didn't get really started. I didn't get struck or nervousness. It was, uh, I'm where I belong. Like, I'm a big leaguer. And my mindset now is the same. I'm a big leaguer, and I'm a star. But that, I'm not going to – I don't say it much. I don't tell people, hey, yeah, I'm a big leaguer, and I'm a star. No, no, no. I'm going to show you I'm a star. But to me, I know I'm a star. And, and that's, that's what helps me pitch your confidence. No doubt, and especially with what you do for a profession coming out of the bullpen, you, you, you've you got to have that type of mentality, and yet not many guys have that mentality. Who, who well, I mean, you were putting up numbers in the minor league, so I, could, I, I guess it, it makes more sense now looking back, but now that you're here, uh, who do you lean on in that clubhouse? Who are those guys that uh, reinforce that belief? Well, for me, I feel like everyone, you know, everyone – I like to pick everyone's brains. I like to get information from everyone. Uh, for me, I'm close to Amir Garrett, you know, someone who's had, had experience in the big league. He's been through it all. And he's someone that when I got called up that took me under his wing and pretty much showed me how the big league works. And he always instills that confidence in me, telling me, hey, you are nasty. Just throw strikes. You know, Salvi pulls me over. He's like, listen, we had a meeting when I got to some training. And it's like, your numbers on your fastball are nasty. Your pitches are nasty. You need to just throw it over the plate. So they gave me that confidence of saying, listen, if you throw the ball over the plate, you're going to have good results. And I've been able to show flashes of it, you know, just been training off to a good start. And it's just throwing it over the plate. But those are guys that give me, like, they give me even more confidence than I already have. Yeah. And I, I watch you guys all uh, in the clubhouse. And you mentioned Amir, who's on one side of the clubhouse, and Salvi, who's on the other. You know, Amir, an American, uh, Salvi, a Venezuelan, and you, one of the few truly bilingual guys in the clubhouse. Do, do, does that come with any extra responsibility in your mind to kind of uh, bring the two together? Yeah, definitely. Like, for me, I want to play that bridge. And that's something that this year, obviously, since I have, you know, some time now, I know how the big league works. Uh, you know, guys in the clubhouse respect me, know who I am. I want to be that bridge between the Latin guys and the uh, American guys. Because I feel like to win a championship, to win a World Series, which is our ultimate goal, we have to be one in the clubhouse. Whether you speak Spanish, you speak English, whatever language you speak, we all have to have that same, you know, like one heartbeat. So I feel like I'm that bridge that can connect the Latin-speaking guys and the Americans and make us all gel. You know, with the clubhouse, you walk in the clubhouse and you see everyone talking to everybody. You know, we don't have, like, islands where, like, two guys here, three guys there, two guys there. Because then it becomes tough. It becomes, you know, like, we all have one goal. But are we working together for that goal? Or is everyone just trying to be selfishly, you know, do what he like, – you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like we just need to we need to have that one where everyone is one. We, we all believe in each other as much as we believe in ourselves. Royals reliever Jose Quas joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. And as someone that was around for those championship years of 14 and 15, that's what 
Now, Eric Hosmer, Kendrys Morales did a, a tremendous job of that for those great Royals teams in the past. You mentioned coming into the clubhouse last year, Amir Garrett kind of takes you under his wing. And, you know, I'm listening to uh, an interview Marcus Stroman did earlier today of, you know, he says whenever a rookie comes into the clubhouse, I want to make sure that they enjoy the big league life, that they don't get razzed by the veterans, that the old way of indoctrinating rookies is no more. You made it to the big leagues. I'm going to treat you like a big leaguer. Amir Garrett fits that bill. He, he did that with you, with Dylan Coleman, with MJ Melendez last season. Yeah. I, I, I'm wondering what was it like coming into that clubhouse? Because when, when you arrived, the team was – you know, uh, very tight, 16 games below 500. The calendar hadn't even flipped to June. What was that like for you? It was tough. Like, I can obviously feel the tension in the clubhouse. Uh, and the first person that grabbed me, you know, it was after the game, was Salvi and Carlos Santana. And, you know, I'm listening to them speak about, you know, what's going on and stuff. And I'm, And their biggest thing to me was, you know, trying not to get caught up into it. And that was the biggest thing for me. Like, I'm a happy guy. I'm a positive guy. You know, I always bring good energy. And that's just me as a person. I didn't want to get sucked up into something negative and then me change and then me get out of my comfort zone. And now it's not Jose Quas pitching. Mm-hmm. It's a replica. Like, I, I want to be myself. And that's, you know, last year it was tough. You know, we went through some tough times. You know, obviously the team wasn't winning. Uh, you know, guys weren't happy. Guys weren't producing the way they want to produce. You know, and, a lot of issues, but I feel like this year, you know, everyone's fresh. We have a young team, uh, a lot of young guys with already who experienced the big leagues already, so know what to expect. You know, a lot more confident. Uh, the coaching staff has done a great job so far in letting us just be us. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not trying to make me become the next Amir Garrett or Dylan Coleman. You know, they're trying to make me become the best Jose Quas. They're trying to make Dylan Coleman be the best Dylan Coleman, and for everyone in that clubhouse. And I feel like that's huge. You know, we want you to feel like you need to be yourself. That's the only way you'll be able to help the team by being yourself, doing whatever you do best. I told Amir last week that there were times I'd come into that clubhouse and it seemed like you, him, Coleman, and Barlow were the only ones at times enjoying uh, being a big league. You guys would always be out there uh, playing cards. I don't know who was winning uh, more times than not. Well, yeah, we, we got to have fun. Like I said, we gotta, I like to keep things loose. Yeah. We already have enough stress on the field, you know, and trying to perform and trying to do this. But I feel like if you go out there and you're relaxed, you're just, you're just enjoying the moment. You know, you don't know how long you're going to be a big leaguer. Mm-hmm. You know, this could all end tomorrow, end in five years. But at some point, whether it's tomorrow, five years, 10 years, 20 years, you're going to have to hang it up. And I don't want to hang it up and look back and say, man, I wish I... I would have enjoyed it more. I look now. I'm out of baseball, and I miss doing this. I miss being in the clubhouse with the guys. Like I miss, like you know, I don't want to live with those regrets. Right. And that's one thing I try to pretty much show everyone. Listen, like, we don't know how long we have left. So enjoy every moment. Be you know, in the off season, the first month is fantastic. It's like, oh yes, I'm glad with my family. But after that first month, it's like, man, like, like I miss being in the clubhouse with the guys. I miss playing cards. I miss you know cracking jokes with the guys. Like you miss these things. Yeah, it's it, again, just the latest example of baseball mirroring life. Yeah, you, you don't want to look back on your life. You don't want to look back on your baseball life and say, man, I wish I had more fun. Be present, be in the moment, have a good time. As we're joined by exactly. Jose Quas, and, 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 and to wrap it up here, um, 
I'm reading Annie Rogers' article after your debut last season, and she has this quote from you where you say, uh, you know, I, I can't say it's a dream come true because I never dreamt this. Uh, so I wonder, have you started to dream? Have you started to visualize the rest of your career, whether it's individual or team success? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I definitely have a vision now. You know, I'm, I'm in the big leagues. I got a taste of it. I know, you know how the day-to-day life is of a big leaguer. Uh, I know what it's like to get up a home run the same way I know what it's like to strike a guy out. So I've, I've experienced, I want to say, most of what I'll probably experience in my big league career on the field. Uh, now I have a vision. I want to win. Yeah. I, I think that everyone's goal in that clubhouse, we want to win. Uh, if we're having fun now, it's been training, just imagine how much more fun we'll have in October baseball. And that's, that's, that's just the ultimate goal, and that's what not only me, but everyone in that clubhouse is working for. And I'm ready to take on this 2023 season. Uh, I know we're young. We might not have the big names on paper, but I feel pretty, pretty good about this team moving forward. And I'll tell you this, man, I'm, uh, maybe I should be better with my words, but I, I, I can't describe to you what it's like in Kansas City with winning baseball. Uh, you know, for as much attention as the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey deserve and have earned, not, it, it, it just it doesn't compare. This, this city is waiting to embrace you guys, uh, ready to embrace you guys, and can't wait for the opener. Jose, I greatly appreciate the time. Uh, great job tonight, uh, both on the mound and uh, on the mic, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Jose Quas, Royals reliever, joining us as we broadcast live from Surprise Stadium in Surprise, Arizona. Where earlier today, Jose Quas and the boys in blue knocked off Great Britain by an 8-1 final count. Royals uh, back at it tomorrow afternoon, also right here on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, 610 Sports Radio, KCSP, Kansas City, KRBZ, HD2, Kansas City. Well late for a break, quick timeout. K-State basketball coming your way at 7.30. More of Vern's Hot Stove after this. You're listening to Vern's Hot Stove. Live from Royals Spring Training. Thursday nights at 6 on your home for Royals baseball. 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back inside Surprise Stadium, Surprise, Arizona. Uh, An extended version of Vern's Hot Stove will hand things off to K-State basketball coming up at 7.30. Earlier today, Royals pick up yet another victory. I I, I don't have the record off the top of my head um, because they won the Cactus League two years ago and then won, what, 74 games? Won the Cactus League in 2019, and, you know, what, how many, did they win 60 games? I don't know. And I, I look, I understand they put eight runs on the board today against Great Britain. Uh, they got to Dylan Cease, who, for the first half of last season, was the front runner for the American League Cy Young Award. They put 11 runs on him yesterday. And he wasn't just working on things. He said after the game, I feel like I got punched in the face. And the, the Royals as a team are hitting like 330, you know, 40, 50 points better than the next best offense. An OPS around 980. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's all very impressive. It's just all been done, right? Royals had the best OPS last year and in 2018 and in 2019. Those might be three, 
three of the worst seasons that you and I have taken in over the past decade. I mean, it is. Yeah, 2018, 2019, and 2022 are the three worst seasons, right, since 2013. And yet the Royals wrapped up Cactus League action with the highest OPS, and right now it looks like they're uh, on pace to do that again. But as you heard from Jose Quas, it is a uh, different feel in that clubhouse. There is um, a little bit more uh, comfort being shown by the young hitters, by the young pitchers. And I, I understand, you know, it, it, it's so very easy to blame uh, Mike Matheny or Cal Eldred or whichever coach you want to pick out. And I, I know a lot of people have laid all of the blame at, at the feet of Mike Matheny because of what happened in St. Louis. And I think it's, uh, look, he's the manager. He obviously warrants a, a fair share of the blame. Uh, but I do think the, the veterans inside that clubhouse last year are getting somewhat of a pass. Uh, oh, I, I always was and still am a, a big fan of, of, of Whit Merrifield. I mentioned how bad 2018 and 2019 were. Uh, Whit Merrifield did his best to put a, uh, a pretty face on it, right? Would talk about the future of uh, the Royals and uh, I love the young talent that we have, even though he's out there grinding away in 100-degree heat to win uh, 62 games and lose 100. Now, Whit Merrifield uh, put a nice face on some bad baseball in 18, 19, 20, and 21, and last year just had enough of it. Now, once the, the, the season was sunk by early May, Whit Merrifield was done playing uh, the good boy. He was done being the, the cheerleader in the clubhouse. Um, and unfortunately, right when you would walk into that clubhouse, to your right, it's Merrifield, Benatendi, Michael A. Taylor, the, the veterans of that team. And I'll speak for myself. Every time I would walk in, those, those three would be sitting there and they would you know, just kind of bring you down. Uh, just a real negative vibe. It was unfortunate, um, but that was the case, and that permeated throughout, throughout the clubhouse. And I'll give Mike Matheny this, even though he is old school and he um, maybe doesn't embrace the new generation or didn't embrace the new generation the way that this new coaching staff is, he was trying. Uh, he tried to you know, bite his tongue when the Royals would spit in the face of old school baseball. He would... He would try to understand, try to give them their freedom, try to empower and, and, and get the personality out of a Vinny Pasquantino, out of a Drew Waters or a Michael Massey, but it was a little bit too little, too late. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you know, you don't want to, uh, you know, the, the veterans, I, I think, in that clubhouse have to wear just as much blame as, as, as that coaching staff. Um, and and I and I do see the the comfort from these young hitters, these young pitchers in the clubhouse. But I, 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 just like the OPS, just like the win loss record, I'm trying not to make too much of it because we all know, even if this team makes a run uh, in August and in September, we know a five game losing streak is forthcoming at some point. A six game losing streak is more than likely at some point. How do they handle that? Now, during that six-game losing streak, if 
if Bobby is struggling, if Massey is struggling, do they get up there and try to hit the five-run home runs like we saw Salvi and Merrifield do early on this year? Or excuse me, early on last year. The pressing from Merrifield, the pressing from Salvador Perez was obvious as they tried to carry that young team throughout that tumultuous month of April 2022. How do they stabilize this year? That's my big question. That, that's why I'm taking everything with a grain of salt. You, you better feel good about your uh, clubhouse right now. It, it better be a positive attitude. Um, but I think what you heard from Quas, the, 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 the tone that you hear from a Chris Bubich, uh, that stuff can pay dividends when you find yourself mired in that losing streak, when you do have those uh, positive voices, those guys reminding you that, that you belong here, that we belong here, and we too will get through this. Now, speaking of uh, guys no longer here, talking Merrifield and Michael A. Taylor and Andrew Benatendi, have you seen this from Adalberto Montesi? A story on MassLive.com from Chris Cotillo had a chance to talk with the newest Boston Red Sox, Adalberto Montesi. Uh, who is still yet to take part in a Grapefruit League game with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, actually just started taking part in uh, defensive drills. Uh, but this quote kind of stood out to me from Mondi. Quote, not taking anything away from the Royals, but when you get here, you already can feel the winning and everything. This is a winning team. They've created an environment that's a lot different. I'm happy. I know it's going to be something different for me in my life and my career. Just happy for a new chance with a different team and uh, to see how it goes. Now, I don't bring this up to, to trash Adalberto Mondesi. Not at all. You guys know I, I wanted to keep him. I was not in favor of trading Adalberto Mondesi. You know the role that Nicky Lopez might be playing for this team? I'd like Adalberto Mondesi to be playing that role. Uh, to, to be that utility infielder. To be that late game uh, base stealer. I'd, I'd... Anyway, we, we've had that Adalberto Montesi talk. But what he says of, of you can already feel uh, the winning when you walk into that clubhouse. Now, of course, Boston has uh, you know, some kind of tradition there. Um, but I do think it also speaks to the moment you would step inside that Royals clubhouse last year compared to this year. And I'm even talking spring training. It is a night and day difference. Uh, encourage you to uh, read more from uh, Adalberto Mondesi and what he had to say about the differences between Kansas City and Boston. One big difference that I can promise you uh, is the Boston Herald has a beat writer. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I do my best to listen to all the shows on 610 Sports Radio. I, I don't know if this has come up. Um, but Kansas City, are we at, at all uh, embarrassed? That the freaking newspaper has just said, yeah, no, we're good. No, we're not going to cover the baseball team. Now, Vahe Gregorian came out here. Uh, Sam McDowell, the columnists, have been here. But you don't have a beat writer, Kansas City star. You got Annie Rogers from MLB.com doing everything out here. Figure it out. What an embarrassment. You're not even going to cover the professional baseball team? That's my rant for the night. K-State basketball is up next. Rob Brenton, what are you still doing here? Talk to you guys uh, next Thursday at 6 o'clock on 610 Sports Radio. Rob, get out of here. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.